0: Of the many concerns associated with consideration of marijuana legalization, consumer and public safety always lands at the top of the list. Commercial agricultural and food industries know this well as they continually search for the balance between nature versus nurture, organic to farm support, and determining what needs regulation without sacrificing the public's most important consumer value, safety. As any farmer knows, plants draw pests harmful to its ability to produce. Managing that threat in a commercial space often calls for a means of using pesticides. This, of course, is desired by all to be approached in a manner not harmful to people and or the environment. Drawing from the knowledge gained in related markets, the regulators and operators of this wonderful cannabis industry must also continually seek to preserve public trust as it continues its growth. Hello, all on fish, your host. Welcome to this episode of Pot Talk, where it's everything you want to know about cannabis but didn't know to ask. And to help us solve some of these important points about pesticides, come down to Young Washington, to some of the smartest folks in the industry and who have the most sound pesticide program within the game Damien Mahan and Chris, the master grower. Also, uh, thanks for letting us come down and visit you all guys. Uh, really looking yeah, forward to it. Sure. Yeah, uh, Damon, you and I have talked that, you know, a bunch about this, and I know this is a very important topic for you. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of maybe give us a background, like what is this
1: pesticide thing, and what do we need to know about it? Well, basically, our whole program, obviously, is to control and minimize pest damage on the plants so we can grow them the way we want to grow them without any damage and grow a clean product. Tell gain with
2: the gains on the yields as well. You know, yeah. you get you start getting bug problems in there. It's it's gonna affect ev- everything all the way across from from beginning to start. If you have damaged plants, you don't you don't have good plants.
0: It just hurts the growth of the plant and the development of the plant.
2: Oh, for sure, it'll slow everything down.
1: Basically, our whole program is to get when we start from a baby plant, we want that plant as clean as possible. All the way through, yeah. and at no point during the vegetative stage, we ever want to be able to find any bug damage or any signs of bugs. Right. So then, when we put it into the bloom stage, which we then we don't do much spraying in, we want that to be able to carry through for the next two months of basically only predator bug protection. And so, when you think about the difference between commercial, we're talking about commercial, yeah,
0: versus you know folks who maybe might be familiar with their home grow. Uh-huh. And those folks who are familiar with their home grow, they may swear off the idea of any pesticides as they manage their four plants within the garage. Right? Why is this different? The
2: marijuana or the cannabis has been here for many years. The bugs are here, whether you see them or not. They're here. We don't want to see them. Once we see them, we know we have a problem. A lot of people don't even know what some of the some of the bugs look like or what they are. There's multiple things that can get to your cannabis. There's thrip. There's mites. There's aphids, whitefly, just all sorts of these small little creatures that people don't even know what
1: they are. And the big thing is, between <clears throat> if you're only growing four ten plants or twenty plants even, you're probably not going to be that susceptible. You can keep the environments really yeah. clean in a small area, but you go out and grow 10,000 plants, right. you're going to get some problems.
2: Yeah. yeah, You're putting 300 plants in a house every eight weeks, I mean, like all year long. Uh we try and flower about three hundred plants every week. Okay. Yeah, in so, a rotation between uh, throughout all our houses.
0: So it sounds like it's just the sheer volume of plants. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're managing your five plants in your house. Yeah, you could it's probably kinda of do hand care yeah. easy to plant. Yeah. As yeah.
1: long as you keep, you know, people from outside, you know, stay clean going in there, you'll yeah. probably be fine. That's that's really if important. you don't start with a problem. Yeah. but you know, once you get have, it then you got it. It's really hard yeah. to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. And but
0: once nice. we're in an environment we have, you know, twenty people working in the farm exactly visitors coming in and out of the yeah. farm, going from room to
2: room um you know if you go into a into a infested room first and then you're walking throughout all your clean houses then it creates a problem they're just like little hitchhikers they'll get on your clothes and they'll go when you get into a clean house you'll rub against the leaf and there you go you just infested a whole and they
1: house. they even blow in i was just on mm-hmm. the phone with a pesticide specialist today because we were having a little bit of a problem on one side of our farm, just starting to pick up bugs. And I was asking him, why are we picking them up there? And he said the prevailing winds coming from that side, those things will literally just hitchhike on the wind.
2: Dirt driveways, cars coming in and out, the winds blow. Kicks them up. Kicks them up. Is your neighbor a farmer? Does he have a bunch of hay? He's out there haying. All of a sudden, you've got a bigger pressure. If you're not on control of it, or on top of it, you, you lose total control. It's real important to stay on top of it in the, in the veg. And the first week and the first what, three weeks of flour. After that, we slow down on the sprays and that's when we turn over and start using the beneficial bugs.
1: Okay. So basically our whole program, we spray every three days from the time the plant is eroded and planted. We even dip a few times in the in the right when they're first put in a four yeah. inch pot. Yeah. And just to make sure they're completely clean. And then they come out of that room and go out to a greenhouse and then we spray them every three days and half of your whole our whole bug program is continually trimming the plant up and de-leafing it mm. yeah, so the that spray really because the sprays we're allowed to use are not very effective
2: yeah They're contact only very
1: anyway. organic or, oriented worse oils worse. and different stuff so you have to make sure you get a complete coverage on the plant yeah, well, if you don't get a complete coverage you're not really doing yeah, much yeah So it's really important to trim up and make sure you can get underneath all the leaves. And then, so we do that every three days until the plant moves into the bloom. And then we only do that about four times. Four sprays. And as soon as we start getting bud growth, we quit spraying completely. And then the week after that, we introduce predator mites that basically sit there. And if there's any bugs that we didn't see or do come in, hopefully they'll handle those. Right. but that's yeah. only that protection there is only so good right yeah. right yeah. you know they will keep it at bay hopefully
2: yeah.
1: and but if you go into a house with mites visible they will not control that problem they're yeah. saying that yeah you're going to have a problem
2: even though there's a lot of sprays that say that you can spray it up to the day of harvest it's it's too scary with all the tests that you know, And
0: public safety. And public
1: yeah, safety, yeah, yeah. We, yeah.
2: We choose to stop after four days of flower just so that there is no residue or residuals left when, when it's harvested.
1: One Which, thing on this, so what happens, so if you're spraying these pesticides or whatever they are on the flower, and it might pass that flower, that bud mm-hmm. may pass the test, the required uh, you know, low, whatever it is, parts per million, But when they go make concentrate out of that, it concentrates that down. Yeah. So if you're spraying it on the bud, you might not, the guys that are making oils and stuff may not pass tests. Right. And if you're
2: at the top of your rate, maybe, all it takes is a mathematical error. And if you accidentally had too much, the state of Austin only has certain levels. Even though they allow you to use that as a spray, you still have to abide by the rules. And you can't just sit there and double rate it because you're going to have way too much residual and that'll also fail your test. They'll just basically deny you the same. They'll they'll reject it.
0: So this is like like a comparison. We kind of talk about, or looking back at the importance of the the regulations that are imposed upon like the recreational industry. And just do a little comparison about that compared to the medical market and even, you know, the dark market slash black market. Like what, what, what happens in the dark market? What happens in the medical market? And then why we do what we do in the recreational market?
1: Well, if there's no regulations, I mean, not everybody's going to do this. But people, yeah. if they're having a problem, breakout, no. they can just go yeah. get the worst chemicals out there yeah. and just kill them. That's, that's on your planet. I and, used
2: to be a commercial flower grower. And there's all sorts of, all sorts of chemicals, though, that you can use in, the, in that agriculture world.
1: But, but that's not consumable products.
2: It's not consumable products, yeah. And in the black market, all it takes is somebody to say, oh, well, this worked on my dahlia or on a pansy, whatever that flower was, that's not edible because it knocked the spider mite dead or the uh, white fly or whatever it was. And all it takes is for somebody to get a hold of that in the black market. And you, know,
1: becomes, you don't know what you're doing. Then saying. there's, no, there's no regulation. There's, there's no requirement for them to yeah. behave. Yeah. Or, no. yeah. If you go to the, a recreational store here, you know you're going <laughs> to get clean, clean product. And, what's, and for
0: example, what's some of the, the danger of a pesticide that is on a flower? So if you're in a black market, someone's trying to get rid of their bugs, and they pull out the Kung Fu Grip chemical that kills all the bugs, but what's the potential harm to the consumer? You, I don't think you know until later down the road.
1: I'm not a doctor, but I'm yeah. sure some of that stuff is not. I've heard stories like So when it does a bug, is not going to do good for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I it's not story. an oil drowning a bug. A lot of stuff we're using is oils and different sure. stuffs that either dry out their skin or drown them. You know, stuff that it's not—it's drowning them. Well, there's a, there's a lot of hazards
2: out. with those with those pesticides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I there's people that'll faint if they're allergic to it. It's I've always had like to have somebody around while I'm spraying those harder chemicals when I was in that field. Right. Like, but it's, it's, using I wasn't using growing cannabis at that time. But now that I'm growing cannabis, there's not those. They don't allow you to use those chemicals, um, not not under the uh, recreational uses. Right, right. So,
0: and so, that, and because of that, now we're saying we feel like we have a safer product that's out there. Yeah, for sure, it's, uh, it's guaranteed. a guarantee. I mean, Maybe we don't have a perfect system per se, but we right. definitely have at least a yeah. system compared to the, the dark markets that have no system. Yeah. yeah. And what about the medical markets? To my knowledge, and I've tried to do some research, and I don't, I have not found a single state that has a medical program that requires. Any sort of pesticide testing? Yeah, I'm not sure myself yeah. on the medical field. I've only done. Have y'all heard
1: anything? Uh-uh. I have not heard a bunch on you know other states and what they're doing with the medical yeah. as far as sprays and. And what about and recreational? So
0: here we are in Washington State, so we can certainly speak to that. Yeah. Uh, is there any requirement
1: to get product pesticide tested? There's not in Washington. Well, our insurance requires it, so once a year we send it off to the labs, have it tested, send the results in. And then what the liquor control board does is they just go buy your product off the shelf, yeah, and they have it. So they randomly test. And what are they looking for? They're just they got their guidelines that they're looking for. You know, whatever is legal. And A certain percentage just, of each yeah.
2: each uh, chemical, whether it's pyrethrins or um, what, whatever it is, whatever's on their list. They have what twenty different twenty yeah. different things that they test
0: for. Yeah. So what are they what are they doing for you? And that's probably kind of the big point. So that the state regulators do what for you in terms of pesticide program management?
1: All they do for us is publish a list that we are allowed to choose from okay. and use. And, and that, that's it.
2: That changes periodically. Yep. Um, I've got to stay up on top of it and look at their emails and and see, make sure that the, the, the pesticides that I'm using are still able to be used in cannabis. And Where are they
0: getting this stuff from? Like, where's that list? Where do they pull that from? Honestly, I'm not it's sure under the I mean.
2: Austin State Department of Agriculture. You'd have to... Go to that, and then there's there's a cannabis section. You can find the, oh, the okay. pesticide. But are they
0: using? Are they pulling from the lessons learned or the points learned from like the other industries and agricultural well, products and
1: stuff? I don't think so because there's a lot of stuff that's allowed to use on all uh, kinds uh, of crops yeah. that are tradable. Yeah, a week that you can buy in bulk, way way cheaper. But we're only allowed to use pretty much the same thing, but a brand that they are listing for us. Yeah, okay. that's maybe three times as expensive. Very light more.
0: dose. Yeah, yeah they, I, I
1: mean it might even be the exact same thing, but we just have to buy it through this brand. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. So
1: that's kind of frustrating because you know where you could buy something in a fifty-pound bag, a powder, you have to buy a one-gallon jug of that's five times more expensive than that bag yeah. that would last you yeah. months.
0: And so explain to me, talk to me about the the testing. The, the, if you call it a random testing, maybe. Mm-hmm. So what what does the state do when they go out? They pick up your package in the store. Yeah, they're what just, do they do? What are they looking for?
1: They're just randomly. I, I believe, they're just randomly testing different people's products or maybe they get a complaint or something yeah. and they're just they're doing their test. They send it to approved lab and, and do their testing. So is
0: the test looking for non-approved substances? Is that kind of what they're looking
1: for? They're looking for non-approved substances and then they're looking for too, well, some of this stuff they, you can have it in there at a very, very small percentage. Okay. So if there's too much of it and from what I've heard is some guys making a lot of oil were buying stuff that the flour would pass. But once they were concentrating it, it was concentrating the parts per million of that. That's because it, used. it is concentrating. So it's yeah, concentrating it's everything. everything. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's so concentrating
1: the bad and the good. The bad and the good. That's why we don't believe in spraying on, on the flower. Yeah. Like once there's a bud there, that's not going anywhere. It you spray the last it. six weeks or so. Yeah. On the bud itself. For the bud yeah. itself. Once right. that starts growing, we don't spray on it. And for you know, for our listeners and our viewers, you know,
0: they're familiar if they've watched life cycle of a Canvas plant uh, in an earlier episode posted on Facebook. We kind of talk about uh, there's phases of a plant's growth, mm-hmm. in particular where we talk about the transition from vegetative state to a bloom state, and the way we know when that's happening is when the pistils start forming on the plant. And that's indicated that the bud's about to start forming. Yeah. And what
1: I'm hearing is that that's an indicator for you that does so yeah, work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And why is that? Because I mean, I don't want any kind of oils or other kind of flavors or anything sprayed on something that you're yeah. going to be consuming.
0: And so if you're if it's in a vegetative state and we spray that plant, is there any potential for that carrying over in the bud? That's a bust. No, because we're
1: not we're not spraying stuff that lives in the plant. Yeah. There's no there's no, no
0: systemic
2: no systemic action. It's okay. There you go. Product. That's the yeah. word systemic. Yeah. Yep. What's the difference there's between systemic and Excellent. non-systemic? Systemic that gets down into the root system. And then there's a lot of there's a lot of pesticides out there that are systemic that will keep the plant at bay from bugs for up to six, eight weeks. And where a contact spray, you basically have to have an egg or a bug on the on the plant and, and hit it for it to spray it. It does not get into the plant root system, stems, leaves, at all. So it's that's just a, it's an outside surface. Uh, surface, surface. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, basically the stuff that we're using, we can quit spraying it for a week and we introduce live bugs yeah. that live on the plants. Okay. One thing I wanted to throw in there though, and when we're looking at this pesticide list, it's, we don't, you can't stick to one thing all the time. No. So we have three or four different sprays we spray in rotation. And then you that'll only work for so long because those bugs will get resistant to it. Yeah. Well, they build they immunity, they'll they, up. Yep. Yeah. they'll get resistant offspring to they'll it. And will
2: have that uh, immunity. So
1: you have to continue looking for something to, that change to keep them off balance and, mm-hmm. and actually be able to kill them. Because yeah. they're incredible, incredibly resilient bugs.
0: Now, if you, Just for sake, second, out, out of curiosity, are either one of y'all familiar with any stories at all within the industry and from commercial growers who have done something nefarious? terms of the, the, use, the use of pesticides or what, what is the potential for an nefarious action I guess
1: well I mean you have to have a, a, a recall plan so okay. if they catch you you know if you're doing something illegal and you get caught you have to recall everything from the store and they're probably gonna make you kill every single thing you got if, if you're lucky and don't pull your license yeah so you're gonna have to start over and what,
0: what would they look at?
1: So, they're going to come in and do what? So, they're going to come in. If, if they found something in the store, they're going to come in and test all your product. But make sure it's your product. I mean, you know, if you're wholesaling products, there's no guarantee that your stuff, it might say the name on the back of the package, but somebody could switch that. Right. Switch a product out. So they're, so going, to come out and do they're going to come out and actually test. They're just going to randomly go through your product and pull samples
0: okay, and, we, and
1: test it. So, they, they allow for
0: pesticide use. Yep. They provide a pesticide or an approved list mm-hmm. of pesticides that can Correct. be used. Correct. What else do they require in terms of a, a pesticide program? That being, say they. That being the state. they they started. Um,
2: they want you to start having a recording system.
1: Yeah. And
2: and and I just use I just go off to the WSDA site and, and list off a pesticide applic or the, the the records, and. I, I, it helps me because it tells me if I keep up on it three days down the road, shoot, what chemical did I spray last? I don't want to do the same thing, you know, if I sprayed it on a Friday and can't remember on Monday. Then I can look back and, and see, oh, I'm not going to do this spray today. I'm going to change to this one. And I have a rotation of five that I use that I just try and not, I'll, I'll use at least two in between before I go back to it. Just so I don't build up a resistance in the in with the bugs. With the bugs.
1: Yeah. And we do this because if we ever get checked, you know, they come out and want to see yeah. what we're using. We have it all laid yeah. out in spreadsheets. Now, is, just, that a, is that a requirement by the state? We had heard that they were going to start requiring this, but I don't yeah. know if they ever we, did. Yeah, I don't always sure. fall. I mean,
2: I I continue to carry a pesticide license from when I was growing flowers because we were required to have that. But since most cannabis, it's all privately owned, it's. I I have what's called a private applicator's license, but it's not required in the cannabis industry right now. But one of these days it might be. Should I just? I think it would help. Uh, That way people who are spraying can know the laws and safeties with it, understand how to read a label, understand how to do their math on parts per million per acre, et cetera, et cetera.
0: I I think it's important, too, mm because we we all know the cannabis industry. There's a lot of folks in the cannabis industry who are now farmers who have never farmed anything before. Yeah. You know, yeah. Certainly commercially. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think for a lot of folks that there's a, their first time in the commercial farming world. Yeah.
1: One thing they do require, so we are required to li- we list everything on the back of our package. Oh, on the packaging. Yeah. yeah. So oh. if you go and buy one of our brands at the store, it's going to have the list of what we use. And that's okay. mandated. That's yep. mandated. Okay. okay. I have heard there's a lot of people that don't do that, but yep.
2: and there's a lot of people that you'll you'll look at the package and it says pesticide free. Well, it's hard to believe. I mean, I'm—I know there's a lot of pesticide-free companies out there that use just strictly bugs, but you just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard to tell. I've so never you know. seen one yet. Yeah, yeah You've never personally.
1: seen one. No. Yeah. Wow. the places I've went and visited base. Yeah, I've not seen many. There. There. I've only been to a handful
2: <laughs> myself of of different places, and everybody's sprayed.
1: I mean, there. maybe if you're really clean and tight indoors, and make sure that you have a great program, make sure nobody's mm-hmm. going in there without changing their clothes. Yes. You know, spraying down, putting some different something over your shoes. I mean, I, you I, might be able to maintain that, but it only takes one time yeah. for somebody to walk in there with a thug on them. I have um, a
2: rose on the on the edge of my porch every morning I leave and. Last summer, I saw aphids on it, white fly, and I'm thinking, boy, I hope my coat didn't rub up on that because I'm yeah. going right to the ground. You know?
0: <laughs> right. It, it can... Now, you're the carrier of the coronavirus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hope not. Right. Yeah. yeah, we're out in greenhouses. So, <laughs> we're, we're hopefully not. Right. We're in greenhouses. So, there's no... I mean, we're going to get it from the environment. But it, that's, a, that's a great and point. It's, it touched on that one. So, you guys grow in a greenhouse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have
0: about 30,000 square feet of canopy space. Yep. Or you're permitted up to 30,000. Uh, you're running about 10 a dozen greenhouses we're running 10 10 greenhouses greenhouses. is there a difference between growing in a greenhouse versus growing indoor versus growing outdoor and the threat of bugs? there is okay
1: so i mean if you're in an outdoor environment you it doesn't take near as many sprays if you're completely outdoors because there's natural for one the temperatures usually drop and that helps suppress bug advancing so, the warmer the temperature on spider mites, the faster they advance. Okay. So, if you're keeping it warm all the time and creating a perfect environment for them to just keep hatching, they hatch way faster. Yeah. The, the eggs do. So, when we do complete outdoors, sometimes we barely spray them.
2: Yeah, just two or three times, I think. Yeah, you get a whole season. Yeah. And we can get away with that. You get the cool
0: temperature. And obviously,
1: they're, they're clean when we plant them. You know, if you already have a problem, you're going to, that problem <laughs> going to continue yeah. to grow.
0: You don't take a plant out of the bed. And put it in the flower unless it's 100 yeah. good to go
1: yeah if we have pretty much if we have plants that are going into the flower and, and i see problems there's not a lot of point to even move them because if you already have those yep. problems you, you by the time you get down the road if you're not spraying which we won't spray the whole time they're going to be just engulfed in bugs so they're we we would just move those plants back and then clean gotcha. them up and then move on. Reintroduce them later. It wouldn't matter. We would just be growing them to feed them to the bugs at that point.
0: And so. Now, I do want to touch on this. One. We, we kind of shared before we started this thing. And I think the reason why I want to come down and sit with you all is because, in my opinion, and, I, and I've been fortunate enough, I guess, if you will, to have visited 100-plus commercial farms in the last couple of years. And I have yet to see anyone or any farm that incorporates a, a pest management program like you all. And I, I don't mean just that has a program. I mean, in the, the fact that y'all put safety first mm-hmm. above all else, and then you make sure you back that up with, with records, yep. adhere to the laws as yeah. they're prescribed to you, uh, even going beyond, above and beyond what the law requires and, and making sure you're recording stuff, that you can go back and know where and what and what time and all these sorts of good factors. Why? Um...
1: Well, I mean, to for to, for us, that's super important just to have the whole program. Because to me, if you don't have a great program on that, I mean, it, you can't be throwing plants away. They're surviving yeah. this industry. Yeah. You got you can't have bad crops. No. You know, with the prices that we've had, I mean, you got to have good crops continually.
2: And you got to have throw safety in there as well. I mean, yeah, you, I I wouldn't want to feed something to my family that I knew had it's just moral moralities you know i mean basically and we all consume the same products. yeah, so. I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I, I
2: consume it and and i don't want to consume harmful chemicals or come come to find out that i've gotten cancer from from a pesticide that was you know used wrong or whatnot you know i mean i take the risk in using pesticides but you got to have all your ppm your your, your uh, PVE, um personal protective equipment and you know, wear your gloves, be safe about it, you know, right. clean up afterwards, wash your clothes before you, you know, in a separate, in a separate washing machine. I have two washing machines at home, you know, just for my wife's sake, because it's not her choice that I'm out here spraying. <laughs>
1: but I mean, honestly, you, you have a job. Though. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the stuff we're spraying, you could walk in there. I walk yeah, in there ours, the Yeah, ours, It doesn't even smell like yeah I mean, it smells like some kind of uh, pepper or oil or.
0: But I think, it's you know,
1: kind of drawing on an example, I think this yeah. is something that
0: if, if I was given an opportunity to bring everyone that I knew within the industry by y'all's place, I would mm-hmm. do it. Because I think y'all have, you know, again, you know, one of the best programs. And, and what I see that stands out is, is that recording of things. And that's what I don't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and, and, but you, you've been doing this for a few years now, mm-hmm. you know, where you do record yeah. all that stuff. And then the other part I thought was interesting, you mentioned, you touched on it, is how you incorporate what I refer to as natural enemies. Mm-hmm. mean, that being bugs that fight
1: the bad yep. bugs. Yep. Talk to that. So so when we plant our plants out there, so we have a cloning, indoor cloning room, which indoor means it's an actual fiberglass building that we can keep completely sterile. So that's how, where we do all our cloning. So then when we move those plants out to the greenhouse, we put them in a five, a 10-gallon pot. We put them in a 10-gallon pot there, and at that time we add a bug that lives in the soil. So that, what that's supposed to do is, even when you're spraying, the bu- there's a certain percentage of the bugs that will go down and live in your soil. Well, those ones will be fighting those ones, the bad bugs that will go down into the soil. Okay, so we have soil bugs. So that's bugs. the first part plant the first bush. part soil bugs, right <laughs> after we, they get planted. And those things, they'll just live down there, and you can spray right over top yep. of them and yep. not even kill the yep. good bugs. But then any spider mites or other bugs that would go in there to hide from what we're doing up above on the plant will be eaten by those. Okay. So then we do that whole thing for, what, about a month and a half to two months in the veg while they're growing up to the proper size. Then they go into the flower houses, which we spray for about 10 days. And then we give it a break to make sure there's no residual, you know, something that might kill it. About seven days. Yeah.
2: Then I introduce... you say seven days, I mean. Seven, seven, days, days.
1: seven days of a break in between us spraying and so and there's that, nothing happening. And that's the because point. we're talking
0: about it, typically a cannabis plant takes like 14 to two weeks before it starts pistillating.
2: Yeah, well, right. But we also want the, the the cannabis plant to be clean of any residuals from that last spray that yeah. that we put on. That way, because these bugs cost money that we bring yeah, in, but good. the beneficials anyways. Um, so about seven days after my last spray, that's when the beneficials come in.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and we, What do they
2: do from that point on? Do they kind of take
1: over to. So then, that's all the protection we have. Yeah. So if any bugs come from outside and back to now, we're in a greenhouse which is not sealed up. I yeah. mean, bugs we've can had, crawl in there. We've had bug point. problems. We we get yes. you know. So that's hopefully they're fighting those and can keep them keep them at bay. And then what? So what we do is we we put in we have a multiple different kinds for fight different kind yeah. of bugs. We we, California. We, We are always thinking ahead, even if we don't have the bugs. We're we're releasing and preventative. Yeah. If you're reactive, you're behind it.
0: And those bugs are. You always have to
1: think preventative, right? Because once you got them, you got a problem.
0: Yeah. And those bugs are helping you get through the key part of the last six weeks until harvest.
1: Normally, it's the last two weeks. If you keep it really clean, as far as bugs on them, you know, usually we'll see a little bit of signs of them by the end. And, but hopefully, even even if we do get a little bit of a breakout, those bugs normally will keep it to one or two plants out of 300. But if you don't have any bugs in there, then oh, you'll nice. see them just keep moving from one plant <laughs> to the next.
0: Now, are these good bugs? Are they harmful to us in any way? No, not at all. Why not? I mean, they're...
2: I, I'm uh, not sure uh, of that right. <laughs> I answer. <mean>, I don't <laughs> know. Don't know it I mean, um, I mean, my thought is if we're yeah, going to take a lighter
0: and put it up well, to... but,
2: you know, like, look, we're kind of burning the bug. Yeah, but look, at the lady, look at the ladybug. That's a beneficial... Okay. Um, they go and attack. You know, I used to play with ladybugs when I was a kid. It sure. didn't hurt me. I mean, they say
1: there's bugs on every kind of yeah, vegetable plant. There there's, is. there's there's a, a lot plant.
2: of different beneficials by the thousands. Do so yeah, we have I mean, beneficial
1: bugs or good bugs? And I would be surprised if any of those, I mean, most of the time they're leaving, living on the leaf, not the bud. Yeah. So most of it's getting thrown away. They're living on the family. And most of the bugs do. There is, is, any, is some. So any bugs, bugs that are
0: that are, are, that do somehow get into the bud itself, not harmful to a person.
2: Well, I, I would I would say that I wouldn't think that any of these bugs would be harmful to a person.
1: And they going to die in the bug. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't. I I don't think
1: that that would be the problem. I, I mean, mean, they're basically a natural defense. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know that we're introducing I mean, what they would be getting a lot of the same stuff that you know would be happening just in their natural environment. Yeah.
0: And I think your point is sound. Is valid too, and that. We find bugs in everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. look at lettuce. You can everything open up lettuce and yeah. there's... there's There
1: has to be some. I mean, if we want to produce at the rate that the, the demand in this country, it doesn't matter what it is, what kind of food crop, if you just let stuff go, we, will not, we wouldn't have near enough food to feed the, the American people. Right. You're not going to have enough pot because you just can't. You have to have preventative things or you're not going to be able to grow it. And you, then, you might be able to grow some. Yeah. But if you want the high you know, high-end products, you have to have an environment for that thriving.
0: This And just kind of, make, so we don't get too far, carried along with no time, let's just kind of maybe finish up with this one. As, as more and more states start incorporating or legalizing or, and evolving their respective markets, as, as experienced folks with this pesticide management topic, if you will, for the past few years, what would you offer these new states in terms of considering as they're drafting their program?
1: I mean, I would I would think that they would want to use, I mean, the agriculture side of things that people that know what they're doing that's been working on, you know, food yeah. products for a long time to help put out a list so it's affordable, too. Well, look, at, and,
2: and I would say to look at some of these states that have been doing it for, I mean, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington, I know all have rules when it comes to pesticide use. Yeah. And I would suggest whether it's mer- medical or uh, recreational in those states to maybe maybe look at uh, you know contact those states or their, their agriculture departments and find out what they're doing and, and how they can how they
0: can maybe follow. Should we mandate pesticide testing?
1: Pesticide testing so expensive. If I had to send every sample out every lot out for that, I mean we'd have to double the price of our product.
0: There has to be some adjustment into the market to account for that. Yeah,
1: ways. I mean, they talked about doing that, and for my knowledge, I mean, I think it's around two to three hundred bucks a test. Hmm. So when you're selling your product for, you know, that's all our profit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's on a gram, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I, I, guys, I can't thank you enough for at least you know sharing. I just for some folks are they're, they're afraid to talk about this subject. Uh, I, I think it's one of keen importance to folks. Especially as these states continue to start developing programs in their respective areas that they have to consider how they want to have some permissions of pesticides, no mm-hmm. pesticides, or uh, certainly get away from the threats that we saw in the dark markets or yep. where people can just use whatever they yeah, want. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's definitely way better than that. Yeah, right, so I mean avoid getting people
0: sick or yeah, harmful, yeah, the, you know, cancerous
1: issues. And at least, whatever. we, you know, you know what you're getting on the, the package should tell you. Right. So right. if you are allergic to something or anything... You know, this stuff should not harm. you know, the percentages that are in there should not be harmful at all. If people at but, the end of the day should be able to have their product yes. and
0: know that it's safe, yeah. they do yes. sleep at night, know they yes. have the That's, that's exactly. And I
2: think it, it, I think it is by
0: far safer than it ever has been. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yes. Without a doubt. So. And we definitely keep on seeing improvements made, which is we're heading in the right direction. But, just I want to thank you all for your time. And this is such a great subject to have. Well, thank and share you. With folks. So, thank you. Yeah. But I think people pull out a lot of good information from this. And for those of you out there, as you start looking at your states and- your state's considering whether or not to implement a medical law or recreational law. You might want to ask the question. You should ask the question. What is their pesticide program? Mm-hmm. If you go to a dispensary, you should be able to ask your dispensary attendant, your bud tender, something about pesticide. They should be able to offer something to you, of what the pro- program requires, if they're already committed, yeah. and the product you're purchasing, more in particular, has any sort of pesticide program, uh, pesticides on. Well, everyone, thank you all for your time, gents. Uh, all of you out there, I uh, hope you have some good information with that. If you want to be asking questions, by all means, pose them to us. Get on pottalk.org and make sure you get yourself linked with all our social media outlets, YouTube channel, Instagram, and Facebook pages. And if you have some insider tips to help us over here, uh, by all means, please share. We welcome any opportunity and feedback. Thank you all. Have a, a great day. Y'all be good. One. Peace.